Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Betfair Exchange. More ways to bet, more ways to win. Proud sponsors of the Final Furlong Podcast. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate online resource for racing fans. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Final Furlong Podcast Ascot Betfair Cheltenham Preview. It is an absolute honor and privilege to be here at one of the world's finest race courses to talk about one of the world's finest race meetings. It's also fantastic to see such a huge crowd turnout for the insight from our expert panel. So hello to all of you and hello to everybody watching online as well. Hopefully we're going to have some gold information for you from our team. I'm your host, Emma Kennedy from the Final Furlong Podcast. My Final Furlong Podcast colleague, who is also now on Sky Sports Racing and has one of the most red columns on attheraces.com he's come a long way from picking stones on the gallops of Ballydoyle it's Declan Ricks a firm member now of the final Furlong podcast team one of the most connected people in horse racing uh, representing Betfair give it up for Jess Stafford The undisputed star of the show, it is Mr. Paul Nichols, the champion trainer, OBE! So, Paul, before we get talking about Cheltenham, I can tell you that it was pretty emotional up here watching the racing today. Obviously, when surname fell, I can tell you that the atmosphere in this room just, it was like a vacuum. The whole place went quiet. It didn't look good. And the atmosphere from the crowd when he stood up to his feet was just incredible. He got a better reaction than Riders of the Storm, the winner, did. How is he? Yeah, some sort of up and down day, literally. Um, he's absolutely fine. Um, he was just winded. I, I was fairly Compton when I saw the fall that that's what it was you know on this ground they get tired and the thing to do when that happens is to actually keep them on the ground as long as you can and obviously you don't know what's going on behind the screen um, Harry was my sister was straight down there flat out rung me and said don't panic we think he's just winded uh, his heart rate was good immediately his heart rate recovered quickly was good so that's a great sign and what they do the vets now they're brilliant they, they actually keep them down on the floor and give them lots of oxygen so they you know, get their breath back and never let them get up until they're actually really ready and recovered and then you can get up and walk away and but of course everybody watching is not so good and then harry cobden got off and walked off it was another thing so people thought oh that wasn't such a good sign but anyway he got up walked around a couple and, and then we were able to walk him back up across the you know and he's 100 percent signed he was literally as i said 
just winded and anyone who has been winded playing any sport know what that, that feels like um, and the reaction from the crowd was just unbelievable I never heard anything like that that was almost going back to the days when Cordesar won King George you know it was just incredible and it's great to see so many people have so much care and love and affection for those horses and everyone had been devastated if anything happened to him but the good news is he's fine I'm not going to run him again this season um, we'll give him plenty of time to get over it there's, there's obviously something I can't put my finger on not quite right whether it's a different preparation to last year from whereby he'd had a run a month before today and was like what I call mega fit off the back of a run whereas this year has been a little bit stopped up because we won and beat Altior ran in the King George and then we had to he obviously was running so we backed off him for a while and I've had to build him up but because of the situation I haven't been able to be quite as hard on him as I'd probably like so a combination thing probably today caused him not to be at his best but I still think there's something I'm missing something somewhere which will, will probably come across. It could be as simple as he needs his palate recauterized because he has had issues with his breathing and on this ground he found it hard. Or could there be something physical that we might pick up on a bone scan? Obviously they can't talk to you, which is a massive doesn't help me, so you can you know there's he's done everything right, he looks great, but there's something not quite right. So we'll give him time, forget him this season, and I'm sure he'll be back next season as good as ever. Cordoussard has been there before and done that and we got him back, so I'm sure we'll get him back to his best. Great to hear such a fantastic reaction to a superstar horse. Cotto was coming towards the end of his career when he pulled up in Punchestown, and you got him back to win a Betfair chase in King George. Well, well and he, you know, he fell in the Gold Cup, you remember, at the top of the hill there. Oh, that was horrible. And, and yeah, Faden, I mean, had a terrible fall, and he got over that, and like you say, he came back then and won the, you know, the Betfair chase in the King George, and probably was as, as good as ever, you know. So hopefully, and I'm, you know, whatever it is with him, it is minor. He, he didn't run too bad, but it's just there's something missing, um, and I am absolutely sure we'll get him back to his best next Thought might have planned things differently, um, but I just appreciate everybody's good thoughts. And you know, as I said earlier, that was the biggest win of the day, really. Yeah, it was the best news of the season, I think. And uh, when, you, when you watch it back on, on Sky Sports Racing uh, through the At the Races site, you can just see the reaction from the crowd. It's just phenomenal. Uh, good to hear that he's okay. Look forward to seeing him next season. Last week, you took the Betfair hurdle with Pick Dory. The champion assistant trainer Harry Derham is here. And on the final for podcast last season, he told us all this was a serious horse with a lot of potential things didn't quite go to plan I know you liked him an awful lot in France last season and he picked up a bit of a niggling injury but it's all clicked together now and he was deadly last week he was and the biggest thing of all is time he's had lots of time when we bought him last year in France he'd, he'd been running basically over hurdles all through their summer I've been in training 18 months hadn't had a break and when we get them in sort of what I call January, February uh, in the spring and you're hoping to go to Cheltenham they never acclimatise so last year's run in the trial put a line through it we turned him out came back in and we, we were always excited about it. and we actually felt we were going to win the Otoy grade one with him in the autumn and he had a fall when he was travelling well it took him a little while to get over that obviously when he ran here a month ago he needed the run a fraction last Saturday bingo he was where we thought he was and he's, he's a really high class horse but he's going to be a high class chaser more so than a high class herder so I need to mind him and look forward to next season and I've got no idea what we're going to do next well you've just spoiled my question so so he's the cliche chaser in the making then it's next season really for him yeah, it is I mean we're going to run him again and Johnny and I you can have a chat about the champion hurdle and you know keep, I mean, it's a 22 and a half grand to supplement him it's, it's quite a lot of money and my, so I keep thinking well my first thoughts were not to enter him so you you follow your gut feeling a little bit 
if several others dropped down and dried up, we might think about it. But I, I'd be very keen on going to Aintree for the grade one with him over two and a half miles. Flat track, better ground, give him a little more time, go there, and then put him away to go chase him. Okay, so more than likely then it's going to be Aintree for Pictori. Uh, we do things a little bit differently if you are a regular listener to the Final Furlong podcast. So at Cheltenham Preview Nights, you can sometimes start by talking about the Supreme and people talk about it for half an hour and then by the time you get to the end of the night, the biggest race of the entire meeting gets 50 seconds. Uh, quickly tell us who's going to win the Gold Cup. So we will start with the Gold Cup. And uh, Paul, you have got uh, the absolutely superb Clan de Sobo, who's won the King George for you again. Uh, you've changed things with him this time, though. You're not going to have a prep run. He goes straight to Cheltenham. Any particular reason why you've changed things up? Well, I think he ran a year ago today. Um, and, and obviously won here and he's, he's close enough to Cheltenham um, and funny enough the year Cordo Starr got beat in the Gold Cup between the two wins he ran here the year after that I didn't run him here I, let, I went from Kempton straight to Cheltenham and some horses like Clan love to be very very fit and very very fresh and to get them like that you want to be able to work them really really hard at home so if you run today you'd suddenly be backing off them and the Riders of the Storm had a hard race today Cheltenham's what three weeks away you've got to change your programme you've got to back off them give them a little bit of a break and a lot of horses like Clan are better off to be what I call absolutely drill them mega mega fit going into a race so he's best like that so that's one thing we learned from last year um, so he's in great shape. I saw him work this morning. He's going to have a race course gallop with Frode on somewhere the next 10 days or so. And his prep has gone really, really well. So I'm very happy. I would just love to see it dry up a little bit, which, you know, it's a long way off. It can easily do that. But I would love to see it dry up. Uh, we all would, by the way, because this meeting was in jeopardy. And thank God it went ahead. Uh, in terms of preparations, so when Canton was cancelled today, Sandown had to be cancelled yesterday. In terms of preparation at home, does the weather affect the preparation for the horses at Ditchit? No, I mean, all weather gallops are brilliant. They withstand all the rain, not any issue with us at home, which obviously the tracks are very wet at the moment and you know the Exeter's off as well tomorrow. There's a lot of racing, we're missing a few prep and obviously the race courses it do accommodate you to go and have a race course gallop. The ground's very, very testing. But it will change and I think there is a bit of a I think it looks a bit drier from the end of next week. Um, but you you know you you could just gotta make the best of it. Um, and we can get him ready at home easily enough as he was for the King George. So yeah, it's frustrating for everybody, you just gotta deal with it. You've a very good handle on the Gold Cup because unfortunately top of the game is out for the season but uh, that means that you know an awful lot about Santini and you know an awful lot about Delta Work who Jess and I very much like for the race and we'll hear from Jess in a second. Uh, do you feel that Clan de Sobo is being a little bit disrespected in the market, underrated? Well I think the King George is so far away now it's probably everyone's forgotten it but I mean it was in Pierre's performance this year uh, okay everyone says a lot of the years underperformed but it was a quick time, I think he'd have won whatever the trip was that day he, he and people say he hasn't got a great Cheltenham record, but actually he hasn't won at Cheltenham. He's run well at Cheltenham. He should never run in the Triumph Hurdle. That was, he was just a big baby. He was second in the, to, I think, Whisperer in a, a really good novice chase. He carried 11 stone 12 as a five-year-old in the Caspian Cavalry Gold Cup and was second. He ran well in the Gold Cup last year, but the ground, you know, we can improve on the way we rode him last year, and, and he's that much stronger. Yes, he's got to win at Cheltenham, but I, I, don't, I personally don't see it being the problem, and I'm hoping we've got him in a really, really good place. He's stronger, but it's an open Gold Cup. You've mentioned several horses there. There's a lot of horses who could win the Gold Cup. I think we've still all got to beat Alvin Photo, Santini, Delta Work. You go on and on, and there's some really good horses. They're going to go a good gallop with Native River. Um, so it's an open race. I don't think there's a real standout horse in the race. There's not a Cordo Star in there, which makes it more open. But I, I, I obviously got to believe in our lad, and I, I, I think I think we've got a real leading chance. 
Jess, you and I are very much on the same page, but for those who have not heard us talk about him on the Final Furlong podcast, what is your thoughts on the Cheltenham Gold Cup? Uh, yeah, we, well, we are. I've got an Irish and I've got a UK favour at the moment. It's still a bit of time to go, if I'm allowed to. A little bit of fence sitting there. Is that a Brexit thing? Just, yeah, just uh, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about the wall. No one mentioned um, the B word. Um, I do. I have a question for Paul. Actually, obviously, you've had uh, the likes of Kate Star, the likes of Denman, and you know how difficult it is to bring a horse back after winning a Gold Cup to win another one again. Album photo. That's what's on his plate, essentially. How difficult is it to bring a horse back after winning a Gold Cup to win it again? Well, I think it's difficult because uh, you know they have such a hard race. It takes them a little while to get over. But Willie has minded him this year. He's had one run. They found a nice soft race for him, which he won nicely. They haven't been too hard on him, so they actually done probably done the right thing rather than you know give him a couple of hard races. Um, so. I think Willie would be a master of getting them right. I wouldn't worry about him at all. You know, he, he's very lightly raced since then, and he's bound to go well. Yeah, I th just looking at the last sort of 10 years, even 20 years, the trends suggest that horses that have even run in the Gold Cup first, first time, and come back again to try it again, that the, the stats don't work that well for them. There's one horse that was third in Sizing John's race, and then one, and that was Native River. But ma mainly, a lot of horses who've never ran in the Gold Cup before run really well. Uh, that their first time. So the trend suggests a horse like Santini, Delta Work, Lost in Translation. It, it, the trends sort of favour them. Um, so I'm always interested in those types of horses. Obviously, Quarter Star was beaten and then came back as well. Um, so Delta Work is a horse that I really like. Um, he's currently uh, 7.4 on the exchange, so just under 7 to 1. He's obviously improved big time this season. He's really showed to be a horse that can jump, jump well. He's a horse that can stay. And he's really backed up some form that Paul knows very well from last year's RSA. Now he's lost his jockey in Jack Kennedy, which is a big, big, big shame. Who will replace him is the question, but I think Gordon Elliott, he knows how to win this type of race. He's done that with the likes of Don Kafsak, and he's a horse that I would be really excited to see when it comes to the Gold Cup. And your UK pick? And my UK pick goes back to what we were saying on the final furlong uh, last week. Native River, I thought he, he looked great last week at Newbury. He didn't really need to overly prove himself. You know, the times weren't great. And, I mean, he did have Secret Investor behind him, and, we, and he ran the race of his career, really, behind Native River. But he, he did just what you need to do in coming up to such a big race like the Gold Cup. You don't want him to be doing, I said this on Twitter, cartwheels and handstands. You want him to be doing just what you know he needs to do in a in a good fashion and I think they were really pleased with that obviously the Grand National is an option for him but I think this could be his Gold Cup after having a, a better campaign this season and to be fair Colin Tizak did sound quite confident about him in the post-race comments afterwards uh, Declan it's still to work for me I think if Davey could have the ride back from the RSA last year he would have done things slightly differently and also he'd missed his prep run uh, he, he was intended for the Dublin Racing Festival this time things have gone much much smoother what about you, my friend? Who do you think is going to win the Gold Cup? Um, for me at this stage, I think it's... 
in my own head, I've got it down to a, a two-horse race, race, which is probably a bit silly, but uh, I think it's between Album Photo and Santini. It, depending on the ground, obviously the softer the ground, I think Santini's got more of a chance just because it's going to slow everyone else down. Look, I don't think he needs a bottomless by any means, but uh, he's clearly a horse that stays well. He jumps well as he travels. Um, you know, he obviously he's trained by Nicky Henderson, who's going to have him right for the day. Uh, he's like he's a big, gross horse who's just going to improve at racing. And um, his acid test came in the Cotswolds last time behind Bristol de May, and I thought he, he won very well. Um, you know, album photo. It's funny. Uh, Henrietta and I used to get a lot of stick about how she campaigned best mate. Um, <laughs> this horse has actually ran. He's, he's, he's the last two seasons going to a Gold Cup. He's ran once. She set the blueprint. Uh, yeah, no, exactly, and I think that's probably what you need to do. And because, uh, as Paul already alluded to earlier, these races take a hell of a lot out of a horse. You know, they're only flesh and blood. You saw a surname there today on ratings or whatever. You had a stone in hand. Um, you know, it's it's they are flesh and blood, and they, they need to be prepped properly. I'm a massive believer in in kind of low key preparations, and I know we all give Nikki a, a slagging, but you know if. if if you're going to be running massive time figures and soft ground three, four, five weeks before Cheltenham, it's you know generally it leaves a mark. You need a you need a special horse to to run big in a prep, put up a big time, and then go again and run in there uh, at the Cheltenham Festival. So um, look, I think it's it's ground dependent. The softer the ground, the better for Santini. If it gets if it's kind of bordering on goodish ground, I'd say Album Photo. He was um, he won that race last year incredibly, incredibly well. So. I would say about Paul's horse, actually, Clandazobo, if you go back and watch the film, if you stop the race just after the second last, Clandazobo quickens about a length and a half past Native River and just clearly doesn't get up the hill. Um, I think Paul can maybe tell us, I think he is better going right-handed and maybe on a flatter track, or is it maybe Paul that he's still, he was at that stage because he's still a young horse, is he, was he still a little bit weak? And the ground and the ride, just when you put all those factors in together, it just all added up to him maybe not getting up the hill as well as some. Yeah, and that's a combination of all those things and plus the fact that we'd run here, as I said, different preparation this year. He's going to be, in my mind, not getting that much fitter and stronger. He's definitely stronger. In himself. He's only eight years old. This is the thing. He's a young horse, and the horse is mature. And it Cheltenham, you know, you know, I mean, Corto, Corto won it a couple of times actually. When I, and I know he didn't really truly stay, but his class got him there, and uh, we learned how to ride him. And I think we'll ride him totally. I mean, he nearly needs to be written how our boom photo was written with a little bit of patience. Like you say, two out you, last year, you think you're probably going to win, and then he, he obviously didn't quite get up the hill. But a lot can happen in 12 months, and it's not a massive amount he needs to improve. And with the preparation, I think the things I've learned about him, I'm hoping that will just make a massive difference and I think that put him, well I, I, I just you know, I think top of the game Delta work, Santini, all this form and in my mind, Clan is right there with top of the game, without a shadow of doubt Because even for me, looking at the King George this year um, I think Clan is always probably a five or, pound, five or six pound better horse this year, so you add that onto what he did last year, the different prep that Paul's going to give him, the more quieter ride and better ground, and he could go well I just kind of 
what do you think on the whole left-handed, right-handed thing with him, Paul? I don't, I don't think any difference at all. I mean, he, 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 yes, he's won at Kempton twice because he's right-handed, so did Coulter and whoever else. But he, he's, he's won at Newbury left-handed in his younger days. And last year in the Gold Cup, he never went left, right, or whatever. And Aintree, actually, he was jumping left-handed when he was second there. But that, that, that run was too soon after Cheltenham. Uh, you know, he, he's in the mix. He's got to prove it. He gets up that hill and wins. But so is everything. He does win that race. Um, I just think... I think we. I think in an open-looking year, he's got an outstanding chance, and he's the. He always is the forgotten horse. I mean, how lost in translation can be shorter and the better than him? It's beyond me. I mean, you know, lost in translation, nice horse, but the minute he was in the out of his comfort zone in the King George, his jumping fell apart. And I can't have him being shorter in the betting than Clan, but that's just kind of matching at the Clan moment. Gets, Clan gets sort of, but it doesn't matter. Clan does the boat doesn't know whether he's eight to one or hundred to one. Yeah. He's going to have good preparation. Touch wood will get there in good shape, and his experience that he's had over the years will stand him in good stead, and he'll run a super race. I'm sure he'll run a super race. He's just got to get up that hill on the day. I am glad that you mentioned uh, Clan de Silbo, Rixie, because when you said it's a two-horse race in your head, Paul's expression was pretty interesting when you didn't mention Clan de Silbo. So you managed to bail your yourself out there towards the end. Uh, to, to wrap things up, it's Santini and Album Photo at the your, your split well, between yeah, look, those two. I, I've got massive splinters here. Um, it, it, look, it depends on the ground. I think just the, the softer the ground, the better for, for Santini because he, he looks like a thorough stare. It's not necessarily a case of him um, being totally better on softer surface because he's a good moving horse. He jumps, he jumps well. I just think it's going to slow down the others, which is important. He's you still need that touch of class to win a Gold Cup, that little kick. So, and I just worry, you know, after jumping four out, will Nico be scrubbing along and he gets three or four lengths behind? Okay, a stronger Clan de Sobo for Paul with the danger being Album Photo, the defending champion. And Jess and I are on the same page with Delta Work for Gordon Elliott, who did describe the horse as a potential Gold Cup winner last season. So I'm very, very excited about him. And we won't even mention the fact that she's picked two horses because, you know... It's, that's, that's it. the same. It's coming you home. Two it's coming home. It's going to Ireland. Uh, let's move on to the Ryanair chase. Part of a, a phenomenal uh, hour at Cheltenham last year was Bryony Frost and Frodon's victory in the Ryanair. Uh, you'd speculated, Paul, at the time about going for the Gold Cup. You made the decision to go there. Uh, obviously, played di paid out dividends for you. He seems to really relish the new course at Cheltenham, and Bryony and him have a fantastic partnership. Back in the winners' enclosure last time out. How has he been? How's his prep and how confident do you feel about this year's race? Yeah, he's in good shape. He worked out here a couple of days ago just in case we had to run him today. I thought I'd better get him ready. I'm, I'm obviously glad he didn't run today. As it turned out, I think you've had a hard race in that ground today because he'd have given everything that would have probably not helped to Charlton. But he had a lovely preparation around Kempton the other day, come back to himself. Good excuses in the autumn. Um, we found out after he, he was third at Haydock when he had completely underperformed. He had really bad ulcers. Sorted that out, came back to Kempton and won well the other day. He's improved since then. As you said, he loves that track. He'll have an away day somewhere with Clanders about in the next 10 days and get him in the form of his life. And um, I, think he's, I think he's the one to beat. 
Is there a specific reason as to why he is so suited to the undulations of the new course at Cheltenham? No idea. He just he just keeps him interested. I think he loves it. He jumps really well, which is what you need. He loves going left-handed. It just seems to suit him. He just always runs a really good race there, and um, you know he's such a genuine little horse. And Barney gets on well with him, and you know we it's my job now to get him. Them like you've got to be really fit and well. Last year, just the week before, we were thinking he was like looking burly enough. He's quite stuffy, so we actually took him to Wink County and gave him a mile and a half good gallop, like only the week before. But it just did the job. He's he, he needs like clam plenty of work between now and then. He wouldn't want to give him a day off too much. Um, but he's a super tough, genuine horse, and at the moment he's in really good shape. Okay, excellent stuff. Uh, Jess, for you, this is a bit of an open race in terms of the bet because we've got a number of horses who could go elsewhere. Uh, your current thoughts on the Ryanair? Well, there's always a tricky race, this race, because as you said, there are horses that will they go one way or the other. Absolutely tired at the top of the market at the moment, 3.7. Will he go to the champion chase? I think this is a, the perfect race for him. I, I really like a Plutard. He was brilliant last year as a novice. Um, it was unfortunate that he couldn't run at Leopardstown last time for the Dublin Racing Festival because, you know, he's still quite unexposed and you want a horse like him with a race like the Ryanair to have that kind of prep run. So he's now going straight there. Min, just behind him at 4.8 in the market, is a horse that obviously they tried different tactics with him last year. And actually Ruby was saying a couple of days ago that he thinks that they gave Brani a bit of a soft lead and they was made it quite easy for, for, for Frodon last year. So they'll change things up again. They're not going to make it as easy. I'm interested to know what Paul thinks of that. But Min obviously is a fantastic horse. He won brilliant. He was brilliant at Aintree. I'm sorry. Are there Min fans? Is Rich Richie here? Are there Min fans in the house? Oh, what's the competition? I, do, I, I, I think Min is the horse to beat. I like a blue tar, but I just worry, as I said, about the preparation. So Min, if, he, if they change up the tactics because they just got it really wrong last time, um, he ran a great race behind Shasha Poussois in the uh, last time at Leopardstown. So it's, it's Min with Frodon just behind him, I'm afraid, for me. Paul, not amused with that one. Tactically, for some reason, everyone wants to, to try and find a way to get Frodon beaten. And even though when he gets taken on for the lead, it never seems to affect him. And a lot of horses will wilt under that pressure, but he doesn't. Well, that's because he, he, you know, he has won the Cotswold chase over three ones, so he stays really strongly. Um, and it's interesting, you say Ruby said he had a soft lead last year. He didn't, because one of the Geek and Sound horses obviously jumped off, was trying to annoy him all the way. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the horse, was pushing, pushing him all the way. That was a result. That was just what he needs, is a little bit of, you know, the faster they go, the better for him, really. And um, that's, that's like perfect when, I can't think, remember the name of the horse now, but he was like jumped off and was always pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. And um, that's just what he wants. A good, you know, the faster they go, the better, really, over that trip. He can make his own running or he can get a lead. Mm. But um, if they, if they always go quick in these races, so it's not a problem. Yeah, Reiner is definitely going to be a fast-paced race. Uh, Rixie, top of the market, a Plutard. Min, I thought, actually ran, I think he enhanced, enhanced his credentials at the Dublin Racing Festival behind Jacques and Persuol. What's your take on the race? Um, yeah, look, I, I think though, I, th I think a Plutard in, in, the, in the market is maybe a, a little bit short. I think we've got to remember when he took on Chat and Persuol the last day, uh, that was... Sorry, what was that? What pronunciation? Chachan Poursois. Chachan Poursois. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Normally, I'm the one who balls this stuff up. That's fine. Good stuff, Rixie. Uh, stop showing off in front of your mates here now. <laughs> they're your mates too. They literally listen to the... They, there are people from Tipperary who have come for you. It's a long way. Um, 
Yeah, look, I think uh, just for the flute start, with, with beating the Mullins horse last night, we have to remember the Mullins horse were really, really needing the run. So, look, obviously that form looks good now in black and white, but, you know, I think it's fair to say he took on a horse who probably needed the run. And if you go back and watch the race, Paul Townend was very, very wide all through that race at Leperstown over Christmas. So I'm not sure he should be that short in the market. Um, look, I, I'm a big Frodon fan, uh, kind of blowing smoke up Paul's arse here again, but... Uh, <laughs> He is, he's a, he, him and Bryony Frost are just a dream, they, they really are. As Paul's already said, the harder you go, the better. I'd be worried if they crawled around early, because two things, he's got a high cruising speed and his jumping is probably his best weapon. He, you know, the way he jumps, you're nearly hoping he forces other horses into mistakes. Min, look, Min, he's been there, he's done it, he should have run in this race last year. The, the Mullins camp made a bit of an error there. Um, they made a complete balls of it, tactically, in the championship and not running him in this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, the only thing I'd be worried about, I mean, I think Min is deadly on proper soft ground. On the kind of the quickening surface, he'd be a little bit vulnerable, I think. So, uh, look, I, I think Frodon, doesn't matter to him, whatever the ground, he's going to go off there off a good prep. Um, yeah, I think he's probably, I'd be rather, I'd rather back Frodon each way than back um, Min to win or uh, a Plutard. Scumbag each way, bet so. Scumbag each way, exactly. Exactly. Account closers. Barry, Barry, Barry Orr said he'll give everybody four places on the race. So. Oh, good man, Barry. Oh, Excellent. He to defend himself. Uh, Jess, can you back that up? Are we getting um, four I, places I each way? speak for Barry Orr. Sorry for, for throwing myself. you under the bus. Final section, so you're going to go with... Yeah, well, I suppose it would be a good time to ask Paul here. Is Blidlog going to run here or the champion chase? That's one of the. Um, I haven't spoken to John about it really. Um, if the ground was good, he could easily run in this race. If the ground was like it is at the moment, he'd probably run in the champion chase. Um, he's won over both trips. I think it's a thing to see. Fields are in both. He ran very well in the champion chase last year. We'll come on to that in a minute, I'm, I'm sure. But uh, he's impossible, yeah. But it hasn't, it, you know, just I haven't really had a conversation with John. Would you really want to take on Frodon, though? Would you like to split them? Uh, whatever race. I mean, if he runs in the champion chase, he'll have to take on Dynamite Dollars and all the others. Um, I, I take favour probably run in the champion chase and just okay. give this one to Frodon. So, Frodon for Rixie, Frodon for Paul, Jess? Men. Men for you. That's uh, Frodon for me. I will also blow smoke up the champion trainer's arse as well. Uh, genuinely, I think the horse is just tailor-made for it. The Queen Mother Champion Chase, so the feature race on the Wednesday. Uh, here we go, say the crowd. We've got Altior, Defi Desoy, Shakan Forsois. Silius Emery will come on to in a second, but he won at Goran today. Uh, Willie Mullins was saying last night in the RP that they were considering the champion hurdle, and after he won, Paul Townend pretty much confirmed that. So that's going to be an interesting one. They're going to supplement him, but the looks of things will come on to the champion hurdle later. Uh, Paul, can I start with you and ask about Altior? Because you just mentioned Blitterlog finishing pretty close behind him. Uh, you obviously beat him here with surname at this track earlier in the season. How do you, what do you make of Altior this season, and how do you make of his, what do you make of his campaigning? Well, obviously, um, he's back on, you know, having won the other day. I mean, there, there was a lot of comment, oh, well, Altior's back the 
other day. Well, Altier was never gone. The run here against Surname was a high-class run. Both horses ran very, very well to a high level. He didn't even have to perform to that level last week to win the race. He did at the weights, but he ran very well. It just showed he's back on track. And yeah, he's a big player. And I think it's, I think it's quite an open open division, really. He, but he is good to see him back. And he's, he, he obviously was on top form again, and they'll be looking forward to the race. When you look at how Surname ran today, now I know he had took in the King George. Um, Nicky obviously had the big discussion about we're going to go there, then they were going to go Desert Orchid, the whole thing was a mess. But in, in hindsight for Altior, was it probably a blessing in disguise that he didn't have those runs, that he didn't run until last week? Yeah, it obviously helped him, and he wasn't right. Um, he wouldn't, you know, King George wouldn't have been his trip. We could see that from, from before. Now, and they obviously want to get him right for his gentleman. And run him in, in the game spirit last week was a, was a good decision. He went there fresh and well. He did what he had to do. He did he did no more, did no less. He, at one point, as normal with him, two out, he looked like he was beat. He hit a flat spot, jumped the last change gear like he normally does, and galloped all the way to the line. So he's a big player in this race. Dynamite Dollars ran a fine race the other day. How is he? Well, if you think Dynamite Dollars, it, it, it was his first run out of novice company, his first run for a year, and to be beat three and a quarter lengths by the champion chaser was a really good run, and there's huge improvement to come from him, and I, I think um, 33 to 1, whatever he was, is a massive each-way bet after that. He's definitely going to run in the race. He won't be far away. How has he been at home? Because the bounce factor, well, do you believe in the bounce factor? If you run them too quick, yeah, but you know, he'll have had a nice time from there. He, he, he hadn't... He, he, yeah, he'll be fine because he worked this morning. Actually, he's, he takes plenty. He's as big as a bull, so he hasn't like needed to have been too easy a week since we ran last week. He's done plenty, and he's back working this morning. He did three up over Digit Hill yesterday. He thrives on it, so he's one who probably it will take him forward rather than go. He won't bounce, and there's plenty of time. So, you know, he's, he's just a progressive young horse who could just keep going forward. Who do you see as the biggest danger to you? So, you know, it is a very definitely soul. I've been very, very impressed with him this year. And, you know, Politolog, when Politolog's back fresh, Politolog wasn't beat too far by Altio last year. Um, wasn't, was it a length and a half or something? Yeah, he ran very well. And he goes to well fresh. And on his day, he's a player as well. So I think it's a really interesting race. There's, again, five or six horses there with a chance. Declan, let's get your thoughts. We've got uh, three very exciting horses at the head of the market, obviously. Um, but we've also got Dynamite Dollars, who I think has been a little bit underestimated here. Uh, it's essentially two young guns taking on the champ. How do you assess the race? Yeah, look, I think the, the market says it all. It's um, it's whoever's going to kind of turn up on the day in good form and, you know, have the, the race goes tactically for them and and when they're in good order, it's, it's probably going to separate. I, I would say, in terms of a, a champion chase, the best jumper of those um, is going is, is Chat Chat Pursois. That bloody name, I've had to say it again. Chat <laughs> Pursois. Yeah, he is. He's the best jumper out of those. Altior. Um, I'm going to sound like an absolute mentalist here now because he's unbeaten on the track, but I'm convinced Altior hates that old course. I really am. He's a big, long, leggy horse. If the Queen Mother was run on the new course every year, I think we'd be seeing 180 performances from him consistently. I think he hates the old course, and that the biggest danger to him in some ways is not actually uh, Defi Desai or the, or the Mullins horse, it's actually the, the old course. Um, look, it's uh, Defi Desai. Um, you can't say anything negative about him because all his fans are crying. But 
you have to personal abuse on Twitter. He he has beaten a horse with a walking stick twice this season. Ah, come on now. On the Sephora, on the so the Iron Horse. Totally disagree with him. Not having that. Undeso is one of the, the great horses, but he's not a great horse because of his ability. He's a great horse because of his longevity and his consistency. Yeah. He's probably not even hit 170 in his career yet. You know, in my opinion. I, are you talking about hashtag Rixie's ratings? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but look, I just I just think he has questions to answer. Like Undeso, you know, he's 12 now. He's like, come on. Um, we'll see. I look. I, I actually think there's a good each way bet in this race, and it's actually so royal. Um, I, I really, I really, you shut up. I like the fact that someone just burst out laughing there and he went, <laughs> a cackling laugh. But look, my, my, my kind of theory is I would rather back him each way to run in the first three at, a, at about 6 to 1, 13 to 2, or you could back one of the horses to the front of the market at whatever, 2 to 1, 7 to 2, and you could run second and lose. He could run third and you could make it each way, make a good profit on the rest. His profile, he's got better with every single run this year. Uh, the Allen King stable, they were a little bit hit and miss going into Newbury. Uh, they're starting to fire again now, and he's actually a better jumper than, than Altior and uh, Deffy Desoy. So, uh, yeah, I can see it on your face, but I'm not sure if that's the coffee. Off mic, Jess just turned to me and said, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah, yeah. So, Jess, your thoughts on the champion chase? I, I think if you think Sir Royal has got a good chance, then Dynamite Dollars must have an absolutely exceptional chance. He's currently he lumping on. That, he's not ran in how many days, how many, and how long? And he was, what, a length or so behind Sir Royal last time out. And he, he for me, if anything, is a good way shout, good each way shout. It's Dynamite Dollars. I think he's currently 29 in the exchange, which is 28 to 1. I mean, at the moment, this is a three-horse race, it looks like. You can't separate Altior and Deffy Desoy. They're both 3.3, which is 9-4 on the exchange. And then Shash and Portois just outside of that fours, which is 3-1. And then the next price source is Dynamite Dollars at 28s. I mean, it's madness, really. So, I, for me, uh, Deffy Desoy, I couldn't disagree with you more. Um, I think he's just improved more in open company this year. He can only beat what's put in front of him, um, as everyone likes to say. And Indeso is a, he's a fantastic horse. Yes, he's you know slightly older these days, but he's had three brilliant victories. Steffi Desoy, he jumps lovely. He's he can stay, and if this ground turns to be slightly softer, he'll he'll be able to battle up that hill. I haven't seen Shashan Bourgeois prove his toughness like Deffy Desoy has, and I think. Altior will be found out by a horse of, of that quality. So Deffy is the one for me. Just to be clear from my point of view, I, I'm not... Wait, I'm not wait, 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 wait. Allow that applause. The Deffy Desoy fan club is in the house. Here they go. All in agreement with Jess. Your rebuttal. Question time rebuttal. This is, all I'm saying is from a betting perspective, I would rather back him each way to hit the frame. That I'm not saying Sorrell's going to win the, the champion chase. To make, you really would be sectioned if you were. So yeah, yeah, yeah. To make, to make a profit off the race, all you need to do... So you think you'll be Altior, Chasson, Poussoir, and, and perhaps Steffi? Like no, no, but no, but no, I don't think he'd beat them. The odds say that. But but, he needs to come ahead of them if he's going to come in the first but, but, three. But what you've got to factor in is here... Those horses are ranging from 2 to 1 to 7 to 2. So Royal is 33 to 1. 
So I'm not, not going to argue with you putting up a 33 to one shot. To be fair, yeah. and also, Declan Ricks was the man who wrote an article for AtTheRaces.com saying Altior has no chance in the King George and won't run. You got a whole lot of hate on Twitter, and then they all went quiet when you tweeted out about how right you were. So Rixie's views are to be respected, and if you're going to give if you're going to give a value shout, then fair enough. Uh, I think Dynamite Dollars is a, is a fascinating one. I, I'm reluctantly saying this. I actually think Altior is going to win. I actually do think he's he's going to win again. Um, he just I know what you're saying about the old course and that he probably wins despite it. Almost like Star would win the Gold I, Cup despite the course. I'd be interested to get Paul's views on how different the old course and the new course are. Yeah, like, he, have you had horses in your care that you know have just haven't gone on the old course but have thrived on the new yeah, course? Definitely. The the old course is very much a quick, sharp track uh, and much more emphasis on stamina on the on the new course. Like, I think you've got two fences in the straight in the new course, the old course, you've got one. And I get what you say about Altior because it's quite possible that he could be eight pace turning in and the, one or two of the others have gone by then. The, the, the new course probably would suit him better. It's a, so it's really the, what we're saying is the old course is all about speed. It's a fast track um, and there is definitely a big difference between the two. And Nicky complaining today about his chance on soft ground. Right. Nicky, Nicky needs to stop talking about this horse and leave the horse do the talking. Yeah, he actually, it would be good advice to just be quiet, Nicky, and let him do the talking. Uh, in fact, it would just be good advice to not talk about him at all. Uh, final selection, so, Rixie, you're going for a no hope or a 33s? Yeah, just in terms of a bet, so when, when he hits the first three, I'll be running after Jess there down the, up the Cheltenham Hill. <laughs> Uh, you're going to be trying to seek out Jess to get four places in this race. Uh, Paul, you're, you're, the idea of the winner, and you do sound to be confident about Dynamite Dollars. I think definitely the soul is the one to beat, and I think Dynamite Dollars could run into a place. Jess, you're uh, right. Absolutely agree with you. Yeah. Great minds think alike, Paul. Yeah, that's what uh, I think. Agreeing with the man who's, who you sponsor the yard. Bloody hell. <laughs> Uh, that basically is uh, knowing where your bread is buttered. Which, Rixie, seeing as your fee has not been agreed for this, I strongly uh, suggest that you may... Uh, yeah. Apologies, yes, you're Exactly, there we go. She's, I, isn't I was, she looking lovely today? Uh, you see? Isn't it amazing when money comes up how quickly Rixie can change his mind? Uh, let's go to the feature race on day one. So the champion hurdle, uh, Epitant, who, to be fair, Jess and I were talking about on the podcast, Jess was very, very confident about him. Uh, thank you very much, by the way, for that. Uh, very, very confident about her. And um, Nikki was dismissive of the idea of the champion hurdle when she bolted up in that handicap. Uh, but she has subsequently proven herself to be a star. Barry Garrity got off her after bolting up in the Christmas hurdle when the Martinstown mob had as much as they possibly could on, uh, despite the fact that the brilliant Fussel Raffles uh, was pulled up at the back of the field and he was Nikki's number one. Uh, and Barry Garrity said, champion hurdle, march, that's it, see you there. So, Jess, is it all about her for you and is she still the right price? Uh, two good questions. Uh, it was the confidence boost of putting her away and just letting and just leaving her until the champion hurdle was 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 very is, is a big positive. I've been waiting since the Christmas hurdle to find something that would come up against her as a real challenge, and I haven't found one yet. Obviously, we've had this question about Benny Desir, Honeysuckle. Obviously, Honeysuckle's not not going to.
to go. Benny, it's gone a bit quiet on what she's going to do now. Um, her price has actually drifted out. She's 19.5, so she's just under, uh, just over 18 to 1. Epiton, when we first spoke about her after she won at Newbury, was... She was 20 to 1, 25 to 1, which is a great price. Obviously, she's now 4.5. She's, it is a short price, but I do think in the race that we've seen with the horses that are around her, there's a lot of horses that are running. We've seen about Salvia. We've seen, now we've seen Celia Semri coming in. It's all a bit, it's all a bit of nothing behind her, and I'm not that confident about anything else. So I'm still sticking with Epiton. I'd be absolutely delighted to see her win. She's a lovely, lovely mare with a big, big future. And of course, you've got horses related. Epiton, so no bias there at all. Uh, Pendleton Hill's a second favourite. Are people insane? He's Six. had a little surgery, I think we saw. With, uh, with yeah. a very like, so Paul, when you give a horse wind surgery, what is the specific? You do it because the horse badly needs it. Well, you, you don't just do it because you think it will improve the horse. No, they must have a, a, a... The jockey must have just got off and said he was choking and making some sort of noise. And there's two runs this year. He hasn't really finished and hit the line strong. He looked like he was travelling all over them at Cheltenham and then he, he didn't really finish up the hill and again the other day. So they've just cauterised his palate, which is a short-term fix. You can get them back fairly quickly. can make a massive difference to him. Um, I actually think he's the one to beat. I think if, the way he travelled back in there in the autumn at Cheltenham... If, that just makes a difference. He won very well last year in the Triumph, and he's it's a really open race. I'm just looking at the bed in there on my phone. It's different to there. Um, so open, really, but I think I don't know why, but Pendleton Hills is the one I, I, I'd fancy. So, a five year old won the race last year, so those stats got blown out of the water, and of course, uh, Catch It did it as well. Yeah. So, uh, the, the Trends boys took a hell of a beating in the champion hurdle last year. You're going to side with Pendleton Hills. Who would you view as the biggest danger? Is Benny Dewey, the filly, going to run in this? Well, this is the complicated thing now, because Willie Mullins said yesterday that we're going to go with Silios Emery yeah. if he passes the test at Goran. So given the fact that Silos Emery has won today at my home track at Goran, you would, and there seems to be Silos Emery fans as well, uh, you would imagine that Benny would then go for the mayor's circle, because Ruby Walsh was very, very, very dismissive of the idea when Rich Richie was talking up. Yeah, the betting does suggest that she won't be in this. She's yeah, between about a 16, 18 to 1 and 19 yeah. to 1 chance. Celia Semery, after that good victory, is now about 11 to 1 chance. And it's, if you're going to look at what the betting suggests, I think it is the mares that they're going to side, side with her with. So in that case, yeah, then, Because she's a stayer, really, and it's a bit different to winning what she's been going and running on this track over two miles. And Epitanti, I mean, she went to the festival last year with a big reputation, completely blew out the festival on the course. So whether that was a course issue, and it's a long way different from Kempton on a flat track to what this, you know, the old course here will be. Um, but if she puts that behind her, and she was obviously very impressive at Kempton. But, I, I mean, to be honest, you look at that, the betting, I wouldn't know. I, I just, my fancy is Pentland Hills. Just on that run in the Mayor's Novice Circle last season, um, the fact that she blew out would be a concern for some, but she was backed as though defeat was out of the question from the JP team. They had obviously had huge confidence in her. And like, Would your view be, as a man who's trained so many Cheltenham winners, that from time to time a horse can just go there, despite the fact they're working the house down, they're just not quite ready 
for that acid test of the festival? Yeah, possibly. I mean, that does happen. The, the whole occasion, the course, so many different factors. A lot of horses don't perform there. And it, it does happen, as we see year on year. Okay. Well, I thought it was madness to put up Pendleton Hills, and then the champion trainer says he's the one to beat in the race. So there's me putting my place. Uh, Tech Henricks, your thoughts on the champion hurdle? Yeah, look, it's 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 an incredibly, incredibly open race. Um, you could pull out Listerbrack out of a field there in Martinstown. I think you could win it this year. It's, it's that bad. Um, Hurricane Fly, get him out of Irish National Stud, put him in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a terrible race. And look, maybe the, the glory years of the champion hurdle are gone now. So many of these horses are being sold to, to Hong Kong or to Australia or whatever. Um, we're not getting those real kind of classy horses coming through. Um, I basically think this race on the day is going to turn up basically whoever suits the, whatever horses in form and it suits tactically and the ground comes. Um, there will be preview nights up and down the country here in Ireland for the next five, three, two or three weeks. Don't let anybody tell you nothing can win this because anything can win this. So should I be looking at it with Pete Dory? <laughs> Now, Declan, you are now appointed as racing manager to Paul Nichols. It's like the highlight of my career here, Paul Nichols asking for So, advice. do you pay the 22500 Might just mic drop and leave it here. <laughs> do um, you supplement Victory? Is it that open? You just, it said, is you that just open. said it was a terrible race. It is a terrible race. It is. In, in terms of horses running to 165, 170 kind of, you know, championship level, it is. Um, I, I think with your lad, he probably wants nicer ground, and you've got to maybe a little bit worry about uh, the first day of the festival. Are they going to, you know, water it to keep all the the vegans and all these mad fellas uh, uh, happy? You know, um, I don't know. Look, I, I couldn't. I, I, there's so many in here with a chance. I would say about Charger though. Uh, I think Charger is, is a big price on, on what he did at Christmas. He he fairly hammered Petty Mouchoir, who was just turned over by Honey suckle at Christmas. Uh, the thing is with Sharjah, um, I was there at Leopardstown that day and I had the old phone out. I had an exchange out on my phone and I was tapping refresh. Nice one. And all of a sudden, I won't mention the exchange, obviously, um, but he hit 4.0 on the exchange and there is no man, woman or child who would be laying Sharjah against Honeysuckle at 3-1 to one if they didn't think he was not right or whatever. Um, the, the Mullins yard had melon flop in that race a couple of seasons ago and he was punted like I've never seen a horse punted in a championship Punt. race before. Five minutes before the off, an yeah. unbelievable move 16, and that takes some money. 16s into 7 at a Cheltenham festival is colossal money. So look, I don't know, maybe he missed a bit of work, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing here, I've tried to find out every, can find, they're all like uh, bloody Johnny Tightlips there, no one's saying nothing else. Frankie Tightlips. Frankie Tightlips, they're all saying it. So look, I think if he turns up on the day, as long as it's not like, you know, heavy or soft ground, yeah. I think soft cut to soft is fine for him. Um, just on the prices alone, he's about 14 or 16 to 1, I think, if, if Willie can get him 21 back. 21 to 1 on the exchange, 22s. Yeah. Look, if, if he can get him back, he's, that's a big price, but you're kind of, look, you're, you're praying Willie can get him back, but look, at that price, you can, you can take a swing. So, we'll see. And to be fair, then, Jess, like, when you were saying he's 22.0 on the Betfair exchange, like, 
he did things went wrong from in the champion hurdle it did for a lot of horses last year uh, who knows what would have happened although I, I, would, I think Willie switching CD Semra here is a, is, a, is a massive move and it's, all, it's also a move I think Higginstown should be considering with Sam Crow uh, you're, you're ah, not come off it man I'm look the, the horse is on a nebulizer for God's sakes that's alright I have an hour two pups of an inhaler there every day and look so do there. I we're asthma next, twins yeah yeah look I, I think it, they, they should be exploring it because it's a bad race that's all I'm saying like literally anything can win this um, Sancro he's got one bad blip in his copybook this season maybe two if you can consider the fall but that ground at Limerick was far 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 too heavy for a horse who's kind of got his breathing issues so that's all I'm saying it should be considered what what price is Sam Crow currently Jess I mean it's actually quite like bingo you can pick any number with this it's just as well started 210 now. 209 to 1 he's currently on the Betfair exchange Paul you're shaking your head that's just as well start now <laughs> Another very strange recommendation from Ritzy. A bit worried about him. Yeah, like it is, is a right? 200, 210 to 1 shot. But I wasn't going to charge Paul for the Pictori uh, consultation, but I might have to charge him. Now, now the five grand is coming. Um, in terms of, of Sam Crow, I was amazed that, fair play to Gordon for being so honest about it and coming out and saying it, but do you ever end up in a situation where you have to put a horse on a nebulizer? Not very often. I, in fact, I can't remember the last time we've ever used one. Um, well, that's, that says it all. We don't. I mean, everyone has different ways of treating things, and we do different things, but we, we, we certainly haven't used one. But don't use it anyway. But when you look at him, he clearly, like, he won the Ballymore. He, has, he obviously has an awful lot of talent, but there's yes. clearly serious issues with him. Yeah, he's got problems, and you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be going into a champion hurdle off the back of what's been happening this season, I'm sure. Pentland Hills, that's the one. <laughs> Surgery, Pentland Hills. I like the fact that there's a gentleman who's a Final Forum podcast listener down here who is going nuts, going, I told you, I told you all. Uh, I'm putting my place, I didn't think you had a chance. Uh, Epiton for Jess and I, you're sticking with Epiton? Yes, yes please, yes please, Epiton. I think that Celios Emery is, Celos Emery is very, very interesting. Uh, Rixie, you are going to, <laughs> Rixie, you're going to go with? Yeah, just, just as a price of Sharjah for me. Sharjah. Paul tipping up a Nikki. Henderson or she's giving him an extra three pounds there like. <laughs> No, just, no, I mean, his last year's triumph hurdle, well, you can't not fancy him, you know, I don't think you've seen the best of him yet. When they handed you the OBE, were you thinking, oh, fantastic, this is brilliant, and then you've seen Nicky's name as well, and you're like, oh, boss. Neither of us knew, so um, that was good for, good for both of us. Deserve, deserve for both of you as well. Uh, the feature race on the Thursday is the Stairs Hurdle, Paisley Park, heads the betting. I should almost just do a survey of the panel. Does Paisley Park win? Declan Riggs. Yes. yes. Okay, for the crowd, first of all, does hands up and also yes, both. Does Paisley Park win? Yes. Does Paisley Park not win? Wow, one man who came all the way from Tipperary to oppose Emma Lavelle's Paisley Park. Uh, Paul, he looks an absolute superstar, and to be fair, Emma's done a brilliant job with him, turning him around from flopping in the, in the potato race uh, to going in and winning this race. He looks unbeatable, but when, when you assess a race like this and when you're looking at, at potential runners, is he the kind of horse that is just unstoppable? At the moment, he's, he's just really the mirror of what Big Bucks was in those days. He, he's head and shoulders above the, the rest. He stays on strong, forms in the book. He's just, you know, unless he has an off day and turns up not right, if he's there on his A game, he'll win. Rixie. 
Yeah, look, if he's in his, on his A game, he will win. But kind of all those judges out in the audience there are tipping up eight to eleven favourites. You know, <laughs> it's, that doesn't take much. I would. The only thing I would say with him is. In terms of the rating he ran to this year in the Cleve Hurdle compared to last year, he was probably about eight or nine pounds below what he did that day. But look, he's like big bucks. He's a very hard horse to get a handle of. He will, if you put a, a hundred rated horse in front of him, he'll beat him two couple of lengths. If you put a hundred and sixty rated horse in front of him, he'll beat him a couple of lengths. So look, I don't. I, that's all. I, I would just put that out there. But look, it's. I think the better the ground, the better his chance. I think he just does everything better on, on faster the ground, the better his chance. But look, he's, it's gonna, it's a terrible race. To take him outside, so um, yeah. Look, it, it'll, it'll be a shock if, if he loses. But that's, would that's your, completely obvious. Would your way of playing the race then be to try and lay him on the Betfair Exchange in the hope that he drifts? Because it is like well, if you, if bookmakers you, are going to try and. If you remember all those years ago, I think for some reason the bookies must have been having good. Festivals because I'm sure big bucks touched even money maybe a couple of times every year. If he if he if he touches even money, that's a bet. That's yeah. that's a bet, especially on on decent ground. Um, I was actually interested in before today's racing took place. I was interested in the world's end, um, but he he ran terribly up in Haydock today. So, but on the plus, maybe I don't know what we'll have to see what Tom George and his team say on the plus side about that. You're probably going to get a much bigger price, and he's going to be a fresher horse going into the race. Um, tactically, he's a horse who likes to make the run and he loves the new course. I'd be looking at him maybe in the market without Paisley Park if Tom George comes out and says, look, it was just an off day. But look, yeah, look, Paisley Park should win. Jess? Yeah, absolute banker of the festival. I don't think there's much more you can say. It would have been interesting if Benny Desir was going to line up. Um, but Paisley Park is currently 1.79, 4 to 5. And I can't see anything beating him, really. Um, I think there's not much more to say other than that. So, William Mullins, to be fair, and one of the reasons he's so successful is that he does keep things fluid. But after she won the Galmoy, he instantly said, stairs hurdle. Then you had Rich Ritchie coming out and saying, oh, we're going to supplement for the champion hurdle. Now it looks as though Cynthia Semery is going to be supplement, is going to be supplement for the champion hurdle, and Benny will, will go for will, the mayors. Willie Mullins bingo at its Absolutely. finest. Absolutely. Willie Mullins bingo makes its way to Ascot. Um, she'd be interesting if she came here, but yeah, she would be. And I, again, they might they might decide close to the time. He's all, he's also got Penhill in the race. It's not like he's got a huge a string of horses against her. But I, they, the the motto of the Willie Mullins team is you run the horse in the race that's got the best chance. But then you know you've got honeysuckle, so they obviously feel quite confident that they'll be able to turn her over. So and they'd rather face honeysuckle than Paisley Park, which I don't I don't blame them really. Um, I think Paisley Park will win will win this and he'll win it well like he did last year. I think so too. I think he is. Uh, yeah, you, you did insult everybody in the audience there, and you're like, all oh, these all the listeners to the podcast who are tipping up nose on favor to Cheltenham. That's okay, Rixie. That's fine. We will take a look at the mayor's hurdle. So very, very briefly, uh, Benny Didier currently heads the betting for it. If this is indeed where she's going to be going, Honeysuckle connections were initially going to go for the champion hurdle, having said mares, and then they backed away. Uh, I don't know how they'll be feeling about the fact that Benny Didier is going to be taking her on. So uh, 
Rixie, I'll start with you. We've got Stormy Ireland in here as well. Uh, Roxana, who benefited from Benny Dudu's last fight fall um, last season. Currently, as things stand, how would you play the Mayor's Hurdle? Well, look, I wouldn't be having a bet at it this time because we don't know what's going to run, but um, just in terms of ability, Honeysuckle and Benny the Jew are two mares who wouldn't look out of place in a champion hurdle or a stairs hurdle. So, uh, to me, and while it's never this case, a lot of the time it looks like a straight shootout between those two, and if I had to pick one, I'd probably just side with Benny the Jew. Jess, for you? I actually, well, at the prices, she's 1.87 uh, Benny to do, so that's 5, five to 6. And Honeysuckle's 4.84 to 1. So the prices, I, I really like Honeysuckle. I just, I was quite excited by her potentially running in the champion hurdle. Obviously, they weren't too pleased with her. Even though she won last time, they weren't encouraged enough to run her in the in the champion hurdle. So I think he, she's going to give Benny a bit of a fight. So then I think at the prices, I'd, I'd side with her. Um, it's not it's again it's another two horse race a little bit um, looking down the market a horse like Eglatin de Soy who won uh, the Mare's Novices last year ran quite a nice race um, at Leopardstown last time I think she was beaten a, a couple of lengths into second or third but she's 80 to 1 um, she, that's quite a good each way price really so you're looking for something to finish second or third in this but it's between those top two in the market so I think 40s on the sports book and 80s on the exchange I mean it's worth a few quid on the exchange if you, if you like, particularly given the fact that she won the Mayor's Novices Hurdle last season and that we like Epiton so much. Uh, Rixie? Like, uh, Paul, you're not going to run um, the uh, Silver, Silver Forever? Forever. No, Silver Forever sadly had a little setback. Um, she, she may run towards the back end of the season, but she definitely won't be going here. And I, I wouldn't be that keen on her being a novice taken on those mares anyway. I think there's plenty of other races she, she could run in without. I think Benny de Dewey and Honeysuckle, two really smart mares, and I think Benny de Dewey, what I've seen of her anyway, would be hard to beat. So you'd be starting with Benny? Yeah. Uh, I suspect that Honeysuckle's connections were taking heart from the fact that Benny was going to be supplemented for the champion mm -hmm. and are now feeling a bit sick of the fact that Benny Dizio will probably go for the mayor's hurdle. So we shall see. Um, they're two super exciting mayors and it's going to be a very, very interesting race no matter what. Uh, Paul, in terms of your novices that you'll be sending to the Cheltenham Festival, um, who are you most excited about? Well, I'm a bit light on the novice, novice hurdlers really because a lot of them are nice horses of basically... Well, in effect, it's worth starting out in some of those races, and they're better off to go elsewhere and win plenty of prize money. We've got some nice juveniles, though, though that I've got to sort out whether they run in the Fred Winter. Uh, the, well, the Boodles hurdle now was the Fred Winter, um, or run in the Triumph. Um, so Psycho won today at Haydock very impressively. He bolted up. It bolted up, and he bolted up the other day at Exeter. He's on a roll. He could easily run well in the Triumph on soft ground. He's improving. Time White, who won last week up in Musselburgh, he's got a mark of one third. 33. That would put him, uh, I would say, in the Boodles. A lovely youngster called Mick Pasta, who won at Ludlow recently. He's 140. He, well, I don't know what the plan is. He could run in either. And I've got a lovely horse to run. He was going to run at Wincanton tomorrow called Solo. He's actually got a mark on his French form of 146, which would put him right up there with the very best of the juveniles this year. That's when he off a run. He won 15 lengths in Otoy. He's going to run now this weekend in the Adonis. And really like him. So it'll be interesting to see how he runs. The only thing that makes me slightly nervous is that we've only had him sort of a couple of months. He's come this side of Christmas, a little bit like Pictori's, whether he's acclimatised. But everything I've seen at home suggests he has. Um, he's a lovely horse. Um, 
so we've got some nice juveniles to run. Um, Grenatine, the one yesterday at Fakenham, he's a proper horse. He, he's in the Arkle and the Grand Annual. If he stays on 147, I think he's what he is, and he doesn't get a put put up, which he shouldn't do from yesterday. I say he probably run in a Grand Annual instead of the Arkle, but he's a proper horse. So I'm probably going to have a few less runners than normal this year. I'm not going to waste bullets with some of the novices, um, apart from the juveniles. So it'll be sorting it all out in the next couple of weeks. And in terms of the horse that you're going to run in the Adonis Hurdle next week, so that race has been kind to you over the yeah. years. You used it as a platform for yeah. Sarkander, and if I remember yeah. correctly, that was his debut for you? Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, Jess did spill the beans about this horse in the final furlong podcast not so long ago. This one solo. Yeah. yeah he's, just you know, gave, us, gave us a little bit of a nudge about it. Yeah. Thank you very much for that, Jess. Uh, but, but, I meant to say that. Uh, oh, apologies. Was I not? Yeah. Sorry about that, Jess. Uh, I'm pretty sure he knew anyway. Uh, to be fair, uh, you are talking about the fact that it could be a, a pictorial situation, but how does he compare to your previous juvenile hurdlers? It's always a job to know till they run. I mean, Zarkanda, when he went there that day, he showed us nothing. He'd been making a noise at home and I said to the lads, well, we'll run and see. If he wins, we'll run him in the triumph. He finishes fourth or fifth, have a wind on and keep him a novice for next season. Ended up winning and winning the triumph and then going on to entry. Solo's a lovely horse. I would really like him, but he's got, it's, it, he's got to prove it in this country now. He won a, you know, he won a novice hurdle in no toy, like about half the track, but it's a big difference running in no toy, left-handed to right-handed at Kempton. Uh, and he's by Capgard, he's the same size as Clanders about, like Peter, we bought him to be a future chaser. But to get a mark of 146 makes you think, well, he must have been quite impressive. And if you look at his race in Otoy, he absolutely bolted in. What he beat and how that form is, I don't know. But I'm really looking forward to running him in the Adonis at Kempton on the weekend. And then we'll know a bit more. But it's, I love having some good juveniles and progressive ones. But so Psycho is really on a roll and he could be really interesting. And he did bolt up today. So out of all of the novice chasers and novice hurdlers that you're going to bring to Shelton, who are you most excited about unleashing? <sighs> It's so difficult. I'm, uh, I'm not that strong on the novice chasers. Um, some of those juveniles I've just mentioned over the next couple of weeks will will tell us. I, I'm looking forward to running solo on the weekend, but whether that's just with the view to channel or the future, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to running him. Jess, I suspect that we should back him now for the triumph hurdle. Yeah, and you can do it 23 to 1. 23 is on the exchange. And yeah, I mean, again, looking forward to seeing him. I know that he was meant he was meant to be running this weekend. Was that right? And obviously, abandonment has sort of prevented that. So it's an exciting horse to see. There are a lot of horses that, you know, it, it's one of those unknowns. Where are they going to go? These novices, they all, you know, entered in lots of different races. So it's hard to put your colours to the mast and put your anti-post bets on anything at the moment. But the next couple of weeks will tell us a lot, especially for a race like the Triumph. What prices does Heiko on there? Um, so Psycho is currently 23 as well, 22 to 1. That's a big price. That is actually quite a big price. So same price as Solo as it currently stands. Is it? Right. You heard it here first from the champion trainer, Paul Nichols OBE, saying that Psycho is a big price for the Triumph Hurdle. Um, we've talked about it quite a lot on the Final Furlong podcast, in fact, that the favourites could end up cutting each other's throats out in front. But, Rixie, for you, the novices that you're most excited to see at the festival that are on your shortlist, novice hurdlers and chasers. Uh, look, I, I, I don't know. There's, there's plenty there. I, I can't wait to see, obviously, Envoy Allen, see what he can do. Um, 
looking forward to Champ maybe kind of running the RSA again. But uh, look, there, there's plenty there. There's, there's one novice I'd be against who's to the four in the market. I'd be I'd be definitely against Abracadabras in the Supreme. Uh, don't think here, here. don't think he jumps well enough. Uh, I think people are going to get are going to get kind of head over heels with him with the the Envoy Allen form. I'm not sure about his attitude either. So he him, he's one at the front of the market. I'd be looking to take on in terms of a best bet in the the novice division. Now I think uh, Mr. Fisher in the Mars Chase is actually the best bet uh, available to, uh, at the moment. So I've had a, I've, he's probably my strongest uh, anti-post play in in the novice races at the moment. So for the novice chases, Mr. Fisher in the old JLT now the Marsh. For 17 to 2, 9.4 on the exchange. Nicely done, Jess. Follow that for us. So the novices, hurdlers and chasers that you're most excited about seeing at the festival. Um, oh, again, difficult just because of the time we're at and where horses are going and, and, and where we like to hope that they're going. Obviously, um, really excited to see Envoy Alain. We've been waiting uh, for another big superstar, and, and is he one? You know, we'll, we'll, that will be answered in the Ballymore. Um, I really like Sporting John today. I thought that was a really exciting performance from a horse that they've been waiting to unleash. He looks like I went. I went down to go and have a look at him in the in, in the winners' enclosure. He's a lovely, lengthy horse. He looks like he he might need a, need a trip. And they were talking about whether he'll he'll be an Albert Bartlett horse or is it a Ballymore? But I think it's the Ballymore that he'll go to. Um, so interested to see him there. Um, in terms of the chases, the novice chases, again, it's, it's open. Um, I quite like Easy Game. I think he ran a great race behind Faheen. Um, I, I think he's both WM'd in the RSA and the Arkle. Um, he's been much better over the fences this year, and he'll be he'll be one to get at a bigger price. He's currently I'm looking at the Marsh uh, betting, and he's 12.5 or around about 11, 11 to 12 to one mark. Um, so it's 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 a it's tough because we're yet to know where they're going, but um, Easy Game, Sporting John, and of course Envoy Land, they're, they're the horses that I'm excited to see. It's almost like you copied my shortlist. I'm a huge Easy Game fan, as regular listeners will, will know. Yeah, maybe I'm copying you, but to be fair, I've been talking about Easy Game for, for quite some time. Uh, love them, and uh, to be fair, Danny Mullins was talking them up as well. Um, I really like Carefully Selected in the National on Chase. It's a bit sickening to have put them up at 33s for the RSA, only for Patrick. Mullins to insist they go for the national on chase, but there you go, Black Hercules 2.0. Uh, he'll take the world of beating, I would think. Um, in terms of novice hurdlers, Asserton Ferlange, we both really like that yeah. horse. Now, I know that Nicky's got Shishkin, but Willie Mullins will have his say, and I suspect the Supreme is what they want. I'd, 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 I'd love to know how that conversation goes with who wins, Willie Mullins versus Nicky Henderson. It's interesting. Um, I like Astur and Falange. I think that he should be the one for the Supreme. But I would, I would run both if I was uh, Mr. Joe Donnelly. I would just, why not? Give them both the chance. They're both Supreme horses. I wonder what Paul thinks, wh which one you would like to train, which one you'd rather, which, where, where would you go, Astur and Falange and Shishkin? for the Supreme. If you have both of them and your owner and one or the other had to go where, where what, what would you do with them? I think Shiskin should run in the Supreme and I think if you're looking at one, I, I know obviously know him more than the other horse but I think he should be serious chaser in a year's time. That would suit me. But I think he should I think he, you know, be the one to be in the Supreme. Rixie? Yeah, I actually have a view on um, Syrian Falange. 
I would be worried. I was at Leopardstown the Sunday. He won. Um, they had a lot of rain overnight and they watered the next morning on top of a, a very windy day at Leopardstown. I think the ground that day at Leopardstown on Sunday was brutally tacky and I'm not quite sure if a lot of horses ran up to form. Um, he looked... Siri Falange also jumps out to his right. I could see him kind of on a... If it came up like, you know, good to soft, like a slick enough surface, I could see him being badly outpaced. Um, I don't know. And he jumps out to his right. I, I just... I, I think it would be interesting to see how horses fare that ran on that Sunday at the Dublin Racing Festival because I think that ground could possibly be very tacky and the classy horses maybe couldn't come to the fore that day just because the ground was was just basically like glue. So uh, that's just something I have in my own mind. But uh, as ever, I could be talking absolute bollocks. <laughs> Uh, we all could. Uh, Paul, just on that, in terms of the Dublin Racing Festival, we'd love to see more UK trainers come over, and you've supported Irish racing a lot, but in terms of the ground that we saw at Leopardstown that day, do you feel as though there's a sufficient enough gap between the Sunday at Dublin Racing Festival for Cheltenham that that's not necessarily an excuse you'd be using, or do you think it will harm certain horses' chances? I know there's plenty of time. I mean, it, well, it's a month apart, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think it was better. The ground was a little bit better than if it was, you know, if it was been bottomless and the horses had all got bottom, they would have took a long time to get over it. It suits Ireland, it doesn't necessarily suit us because you know we got a programme here to run our horses in. Um, I don't think there's too much wrong with the ground, but obviously I wasn't there, I didn't see it. I prefer to run horses on better ground than I would on really soft ground. Which is a fair point. So now I have to ask you about handicappers. Come on, Paul. Handicappers. You're amongst friends. Well, the one, the one I really fancy would be Grenadine in the, in the uh, Grand Annual. And he's won three races. He qualified yesterday. Hope he'll stay on 147. Um, and the Fred Winter, the, I keep calling the Fred Winter, well, it is uh, Time White. Um, can I ask you about Danny Kerwin? Podcast favourite, Danny Kerwin. <laughs> Danny Kerwin. Um, well, he hasn't got an ch entry at Cheltenham yet, and he needs a third run. So he is going to go to Doncaster on Wednesday, which is an EBF qualifier. So he's in the first four in that. Uh, he could go uh, to the EBF final if the ground was testing. Vos got McFabulous, who's got a McFabulous mark at 132, who could go for the Fred Winter, but could even go for the Martin Pipe. Either one of those two if they got a mark. But they, well, for, uh, McFabulous has 132. Danny Kerwin has got to run this week to get his third run. It'd be interesting in what mark he gets, but one of them would run in the EBF final because it's a valuable race, depending on the ground, and one of them could do something else. But those two, those are two real nice horses that would have, hopefully have sense. Marks would be well, fabulous, is definitely worth following with a mark of 132. And whether you go to Cheltenham, um, as I said, Danny Cohen, as you just asked, he's in great shape. Look forward to running in Wednesday. And the other horse, I think, um, he went up three pounds actually. The, and I'd say if he gets in the, the Coral Cup or even the Martin Pipe, Tamarat de Matam will go very well off that mark. He he was only beaten a length and a quarter last week by Pete Dory, staying on strong, crying out for a trip. He'd be an interesting one, but it, it's like all those handicap we haven't, you know, entries haven't 
haven't shot yet. Yeah. Um, and another horse I really like is Arcala for the Fox Hunters. If I could qualify him, he just won at Haydock just now. If I could, I've got to be first or second, like by next Monday, week on Monday. So I've got to go, have to get a phone while with him next week and hope he can be first or second, and then he'll go for the Fox Hunters. You know, it's a race we like like to try and win. And he, he he's a horse that have been off for a long time with leg problems, but he's come back to form and hopefully he'd run a tidy race. Right, so he, he could be an interesting one. And of course, you have bossed the Fox Hunters with Pasha de Polder, the absolute legend. So uh, that could be a very very interesting horse as well. Jess, handicap shortlists for you. Um, I, well, I agree with Paul. I, I thought uh, Tamarak de Matan had, uh, had ran a great race last time out to set, set himself up. If he, if he will go off to Cheltenham, it is quite difficult knowing where horses will go. So you kind of horses that you like and wonder where they're going to run. I think Colin Fire ran a really nice race in the Dublin Racing Festival for Gordon Elliott finishing third in the, in the, in the two-mile handicap. Where, what he does, where they'll take him next, will be interesting as well so he'll, those are kind of two horses for me but I'm still keeping my, my eye uh, peeled on, on, on the entries Okay uh, for the Martin Pipe the boss's Oscar for Gordon Elliott would be my current handicap pick uh, he is the, the one that I've got my eyes very firmly peeled on but I'm also looking out for Danny Kerwin and hoping that he qualifies and gets there because Paul's got a fantastic record in the Martin Pipe um, Declan handicap shortlist uh, look a bit early for me I would say there's one horse in Ireland that I am interested in is a horse called Gallon John Joe. He was third behind Notebook and Cashback in the Irish article the last day. Um, they need another. They need to get another run into him to qualify for something. But if he went in the Burn Group Plate, or if the if the English handicapper was um, being quite sweet on him, he might scrape into the zero to one four five on the opening day. English handicapper, kind to the Irish. Sorry, I don't the, think so. The, the British handicapper, I should say. British handicapper, kind to the Irish. Are you mad? Uh, right, your lay of the Sheldon Festival. Who is the horse you're going to take on? I think Abracadabra's place lay. I'm with you on that one, actually. That I'll would be mine as well. Stealing my work again. <laughs> no, 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 I've said it on the podcast. I've, I've said it. It's a, it is a record on the final front podcast that has been said. Paul, who's the horse that you would be most interested in taking on at the festival? The horse that won today. Um... Riders under the storm, because he had such a hard race. He had a hard race in the ground today. Ryanair's only three weeks away. He'd be the one. Okay. Jess, your lay of the festival? Oh, that's so hard. Altior, I think. Ooh. Poor old Nicky not even here to defend himself. Uh, your nap. I really like Deffy. I'm sorry. That's why, that's why I have to. You are a big Deffy. That's just giving Nicky more ammunition now to have an L. Put in another excuse. How dare she? Declan, your nap of Cheltenham. Uh, I think it, uh, currently I, I really like Mr. Fisher for the marsh. Okay. So, Nicky, Paul, you're now go, yeah, Not one of mine. I'm going to do Benny Dudouet in the mayor's hurdle. I shall win that. Benny Dudouet in the mayor's. New way of saying it. Benny Dudouet. Yeah. Hey, listen, we've had Shaka and Persuas. Just call her Benny. Yeah. <laughs> BBD. Uh, Shaka and Persuas pronunciation has been butchered here as well today. So, who knows? Your nap of the meeting, Jess Stafford. Daffy. Desoy. 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 Daffy. Daffy Desoy in the champion chase. Uh, I will go and carefully select in the National Anchis and uh, hopefully hopefully there is gravy to be made uh, thank you so so much for coming here tonight really appreciate the support it is a pleasure 
to be here at the world's finest race course. A huge thank you to Matt and the team at Ascot for looking after us. And a huge thank you to the Betfair team as well. Uh, give it up, please, for the finest export from Tipperary, with the exception of Coolmore Stud, Mr. Declan Riggs. Final Furlong podcast star and Betfair's Jess Stafford. Surely it's only a matter of time before he is Sir, but for now, Paul Nichols OBE. We are back with a new Final Furlong podcast on Tuesday, reviewing the weekend's racing and uh, previewing the weekend's racing, of course, on Thursday as well. Hope you can join us then from me, Amish Kennedy. Thank you so, so much for being here tonight. You are a fantastic crowd. Talk to you soon. God bless. Will it happen or won't it happen? You can bet on it with the Betfair Exchange, proud sponsors of the Final Furlong podcast. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, Expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting is the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracers.com forward slash app for more details.